Are you ready to upgrade your office space or living area for an affordable price? Stop by Pachico's Furniture, where you can expect a delightful shopping experience, all while saving you some of your hard-earned money. Pachico's Furniture specializes in used furniture, antiques, jewelry, electronics, video games, Blu-ray, DVD, musical instruments, and much, much more. Whether buying or selling, we strive on being Fall River's finest second-hand store. Pachico's Furniture is a family-owned and operated business located on 663 Bedford Street, formerly Billy's Cafe, in Fall River, Massachusetts. Come on by. You'll be pleasantly surprised. On today's show, we are joined by Joe Amaral from Whatever Bro Films. He's coming back. This is his second episode. In this episode, we're going to be talking about a rumored addition, a new character possibly joining Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then we'll also be talking about recasting of a particular villainous character on Gotham. And then the big piece of our podcast today, Joe, KB, and I will be discussing X-Men Apocalypse and ranking the three most misused mutants in the X-Men cinematic universe. All of this and great discussion next on Free Your Geek, the Gage of Apocalypse. By the power of Grayskull. Welcome, everyone, to Free Your Geek. Uh, I am Jay Free, which you should know by now. Uh, in the studio, per usual, uh, back after a one-week hiatus, is KB. What's up? What's up, brother? How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Good, good. And then we also have our first repeat guest. You know him from the first episode of Free Your Geek. This is Whatever Bro Joe. 
Hey Jeff, thanks for having me on again. Hey, seriously, Joe, thanks, thanks for being on. Uh, I, I, I like I like being in this seat. There's less pressure. Yeah, like all you <laughs> got to do is just come and hang out. Yeah. We're gonna talk some cool stuff, some stuff you know. We're gonna be talking about some movies. Uh, the title of this episode is Gauge of Apocalypse. Uh, so that's we're gonna clever. Be, I like that. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah, we're gonna be uh, talking about K- KB and I saw it last week. I know you you wanted me to see it, and you were like, you said Jeff, you know, you got to check this out. I want to yep. know what you think, and I said. Well, what better place to discuss it than on the podcast? So, Absolutely. Um, so we'll get into that momentarily. We got a couple of uh, different news pieces that I want to get into first. And then after that, we'll, we'll do uh, X-Men Apocalypse. We'll talk about that. And then on our final countdown, we're going to be talking about in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the mutants, the X-Men franchise movies, X-Men 1 through 3, First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and the Wolverine movies, which were the three most either miscast or misused mutants or characters where to begin movies. with there's that. so many and <laughs> and we'll talk about that later on because joe um you have a very unique look at one of those x-men movies and we'll talk about that during the final countdown okay i don't even remember uh, oh you you what, told me what you're you talking told me, about but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> yeah. but first ladies and gentlemen let's first get into some industry news <laughs> Okay, so we have two pieces, two, count them, two pieces. KB, you want to handle the first one, right? Sure this thing. Is, this is some Gotham news. So, uh, some exciting news from SuperheroHype.com for the fans of Gotham. Um, if you've watched Gotham the past couple seasons, um, as we all know, Poison Ivy is a very, uh, what would we say, a 10-year-old? She's like a 10 to 12-year-old. She's around the same age yep. as Bruce Wayne. So, uh, for season three, Poison Ivy has been recast. Um, is going to be played by uh, Maggie Jiha, who was in Ted 2. Um, so we'll be seeing this, you know, she's a, she's a new face to the show. Um, basically, now we have a, a sexy seductress versus a, um, you know, a, a child kind of out of tom- timeline, uh, Poison Ivy, um, which was previously played by Claire Foley. Um, so this transformation um, was teased in a new character description. Um, and here's, here's a... Um, uh, basically a quote on that description. Uh, so following an encounter with a monster from Indian Hill, Ivy Pepper finds herself reborn, one step closer to the DC villain she is destined to become, Poison Ivy, now 19 years old, now a 19-year-old woman who harnessed the full power of her charms. She sets her sights on Bruce Wayne. I have a problem with this. What's that? Okay, so first of all, I still don't like the name Ivy Pepper. That's yep. like... That, that's too on the nose for me. It's, you know, in the comic books, her name is Pamela Isley. Yep. She's a botanist. She becomes Poison Ivy because of that. Having her first name be Ivy, like I said, is, is a little too on the nose for me yep. personally. But the problem I have here is the same thing I have with all these Gotham villains. Bruce Wayne is a 12-year-old kid right now, and all of his villains are going to be much older mm-hmm. by the time he becomes Batman. He's going to be Batman fighting all these Arkham inmates you know, in the old folks home. That's pretty much what's going to happen. <laughs> um, and then I have a problem. So she's turning herself, she's going to become, for, she's basically going to get mutated by, somehow, yep. by from a monster from Indian Hill. So, you know, at the end of this season, the season two, mm-hmm. Indian Hill, all these different uh, beings that were worked on, have powers now, mm-hmm. were released out of, uh, you know, out of the possession of, what was his name? Oh my God, uh, the dude from Law and Order. Doctor Strange. Well, Doctor Strange, but I can't think of the guy's name that plays him. But yeah, out of his protection, he was doing all the experiments on Hugo Strange. Well, yeah, Hugo Strange (laughs) is the character name. I'm thinking of the actor. Um, But no, B.D. Wong. Thank you. B.D. Wong. uh, You know, he was doing all these experiments. They were released into the the wild, so to speak, of the streets of Gotham. And now something's going to happen where this 12-year-old girl 
gets turned into a 19-year-old girl who then is going to go try to seduce a 12-year-old boy. So they're just fast-forwarding <laughs> from this 12-year-old to 19 just for no reason. Yeah, they're going to mutate her. She's going to like, I'm, I'm assuming, oh, okay. based on what it looks like, it's, it's you know, from the, this quote that KB put out, I'm assuming it's going to be some type of thing where she goes into like some type of cocoon or some type of thing where she kind of like, um, you know, blossoms for lack of better term because she's poison ivy. Gotcha. Um, she's going to turn into this blossom into this 19 year old woman who then is going to use her charms on Bruce Wayne, who's a 12 year old kid. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do with that. I mean, even the actress that that played Ivy for the first two seasons is Claire Foley. Like she wasn't really. They, but she didn't have much to work with. They weren't yeah, doing. They anything. weren't doing anything with her, and she, but she so, wasn't really. I don't know. There was something about her. But that was now off they're going to have a hot chick because yeah. that's what's going to bring in the ratings. And so yeah, it's, it's not just, that I think their ratings are a problem. I don't. Oh, I don't know. But it's it's well. one of those things where like, you know, again, it's it was never intended to be a Batman TV no. show. It's all supposed to be about Jim Gordon, you know, navigating the corruption within the Gotham <laughs> City Police Department, and then you know, organized crime. And now it's like, well, but now we have to introduce all these Batman villains and give them the origin stories before the before Batman even like Bruce Wayne, even before he comes Batman. It's like, what is the point of, of of that? And that that's just a little issue I have with the show. I get what they're trying to do, and they're trying to like make it more Batman esque. But if Bruce Wayne's still going to be a young kid, and all these villains are already in their early twenties to 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 late twenties, by the time he becomes Batman, they'll be in their thirties, forties, and fifties, and. Yep. What's the point of having Batman? They're just trying to bring statutory rape into the mix to right. make it more interesting. <laughs> right. Well, because it's that, like, wake up, Jeff. That's that's one crime they haven't haven't done yet on Gotham. So, yeah. but that's uh, that's a very cool uh, piece of news. I'd like to see you know Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy is a very popular character, yeah. very sexy character in the Batman mythos. Um, lots of girls uh, at the conventions and stuff cosplay either Harley Quinn or Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. Those are the big two. Um, you know, if she's sexy as hell, I don't mind that. And the, this actress, uh, Maggie Geha, or however you pronounce her last name, because she's she hasn't had too many roles. No. She was in Ted Two. She was in a Beyonce. What was she in Ted Two? I was. I I haven't not seen the main Ted girl. Two. The main girl no. was Amanda no. Seyfried. Amanda Seyfried was in, in Ted Two, but I don't know. She had a bit part in Ted Two, and then she was a was dancer. She, oh, was she the? Um, I, I think in the um, the clinic, the the sperm Possibly. bank, the nurse was she the nurse in the sperm bank? Probably. That's the only redhead I can think of in. In that movie. Yeah. I couldn't think of any, like, star women in that except for Amanda. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I've yet to see Ted 2 because um, I don't think I could live up to the first. So It, it was definitely good. Though. It was good. Not to uh, stray your yeah. comic. No, but that's, that. that's you know, it's it's kind of a comic-ish type of thing because... It could be a topic, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ted 2, it's a, you know, teddy bear that comes to life. There's some type of supernatural or superpower <laughs> thing going on there. Um, but no, I have yet to see Ted 2. Um, so that's pretty cool. That's a good piece of news. Um, the other piece of news that KB actually found, and um, I'm not even sure where this was. This IGN KB? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Well, this one happened. It's more. This one's more of a rumor, so I don't want to state this as fact yet. But um, I guess a recent Sh- Agents of Shield promotional bus had a flaming chain on the side. So, oh. uh, so this is uh, could be that of the Inhuman character Hellfire because they're doing an Inhuman storyline right now. But there are some arguments being brought up uh, by comicbook.com fan Johnny Ketch. Uh, he's, that being said, he thinks it's going to be Ghost Rider. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm rereading this wrong. Uh, there are some that think it is going to be Johnny Ketch. Um, I don't know. And they're saying that it could also possibly tie to the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, some of the other stuff is saying, um, you know, 
basically shield this this report or this article saying shield needs a big pull to grab new audiences and ghost rider would certainly help with that so if it is ghost rider be kind of cool the the good part i think about this is that because the the movie ghost rider was so damn bad when, no matter what they do here it can't be as it bad can't, as that it, well you didn't like nick cage so i take you I, yeah. I love nick cage just not in that movie you didn't like him you didn't now, like him as now, ghost rider. now speaking of the actor that brings us to the other piece um, talking about uh, possibly in an, another Ghost Rider movie, Norman Reedus wanting to be Ghost Rider. I think that's actually a pretty good casting. He's choice. like the Samuel L. Jackson of motorcycle parts. Well, yeah. So, so <laughs> <laughs> if there's a motorcycle, call Norman Reedus. Refresh my memory. <laughs> Norman Reedus plays Daryl on The Walking Dead. Um, so he's he's got kind of that biker look already. He's yeah. you know he brings in the, on The Walking Dead. He's got his crossbow yeah. and he's just very rednecky. Um, and he's actually got a uh, he's got a oh, I know. new show, show on AMC on about motorcycles. motorcycles. So yep. it's like so he's a motorcycle yeah. enthusiast. Yeah, yeah. Fun, enthusiast. Fun fact: he was actually in Blade Two. He was. He was Scud, or I can't I, remember I, his name. It's been is. a while since I said, but you are correct. I forgot his. It was a stupid name. I think it was Scud. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he would be. I would love to see Ghost Rider. Be like a Netflix series. I would love that. It would fit in perfect with that with Dude, the, that group well, of shows. Supernaturalish type thing, like. Yeah. Doctor Strange is going to be good. Um, we're going to actually have an episode a couple weeks down the line, maybe a couple months down the line. That actually, Joe, you gave me a great idea. Um, we want to talk about the Infinity Gems, the Infinity oh, yeah. Stones, and I know all where about each those. of them. Yeah, so maybe we'll have to have you. Might have to be a, a three-peat guest. Yeah, um, down, down the line when we do that. You just let me know, man. Um, but I, I'm thinking we're going to see one in Doctor Strange. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a, a special on that on where all the yep. gems are, and I think we'll do that closer to the Doctor Strange. Uh, premiere uh, release when that before that movie comes out, um, we'll touch upon that around that point. Um, but yeah, that's a very very cool bit. Um, possibly Ghost Rider on Marvel's Agents of Shield, so that's kind of interesting. And if they actually do another movie, a Marvel cinematic movie, I think Norman Reedus would be a great actor yeah. to fit in for for that. Um, so with that being said, I think we're gonna kind of take a quick break real quick, um, and I think we're gonna come back. And we're going to talk about the the movie that you know we kind of teased at the beginning, X Men Apocalypse. We're going to talk about our feelings of it, and then we'll get into our final countdown. So first, let's get into that. So let's take a break. We'll see you back in three minutes. This is a song by Alien Ant Farm. Since we're going to be going talking about X Men Apocalypse, this is a song called Movies. <laughs>
Welcome back to Free Your Geek. Again, that was Alien Ant Farm with movies. And I played that song because we're going to start talking about a particular movie that we all saw, and that's in our comic book realm, and that is X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. So, Joe, you saw it first, and you kind of got in my ear, and I was going to see it. Um, cause I, I do like the, the, I liked first class. I like days of future past and you said it's really good. There were some very bad reviews for it or some, really? some, I, some I not so, fa- not some so favorable reviews for yep. it. Um, but from what I heard uh, reading online from fans saying it was better than the initial, you know, critics were making it out to be. Um, so I, KB and I saw it last week yeah. in preparation for the show now. Um, cause I kind of like that. It wasn't like a. It wasn't a Marvel movie for me where I'm like, I have to see it opening weekend. Like, yeah. I can wait till the crowds die down a little bit and, yep. and, and see it. Um, but yeah, so and KB saw it, I saw it, and obviously you saw it. So what do you, going to our guest first, what, what do you think of the, uh, the film? Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I felt like there were a lot of characters in it. The only real complaint I have about it is the it, X-Men movies. I think there have been so many of them that it's so tough to stay in line with specific characters like uh just for example like uh trask in uh, what was it days, days of future, future past yeah. trask was a big black guy in the finals it was uh, uh the last stand the last stand yep and then he suddenly became a white dwarf right right <laughs> that bothered me and then you brought up psylocke which i didn't even yep. know psylocke yep. was in the last stand yep and yep. then uh the the white queen was in x-men origins wolverine and in the white queen emma frost emma frost yeah. and yeah. then she was in first class and she was first class which takes place 20 years before x-men origins wolverine yeah she's a full-grown adult in x-men origins wolverine she's a 13 year old there's a lot yeah. of that adult so yeah, there's a lot of continuity yeah. issues and and that was the thing too that you know days of future past theoretically wiped everything else before out yes so it's 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 basically saying first class is t- technically canon Days of Future Past is now canon. So that what happened in First Class happened. What happened in Days of Future Past happened. And yep. now what happened in X-Men Apocalypse happened. And then X-Men 1, X-Men 2, and X-Men The Last Stand are all wiped out. The Wolverine movies are wiped out. So none of that really <laughs> happened in this timeline anymore. But it also kind of did. If you're thinking if you're thinking of Wolverine in the most recent one. Right. It's like yeah. I in my head thought, all right, uh, it ended with Stryker being Mystique. Right, that was uh, Days he, of Future Past. Yeah, but yet he still somehow got his adamantium. Right, and and they they left they left the how that she it went from Mystique Striker to regular Striker or original Striker. We don't know what that happened. Um, yeah. So again, if you haven't seen the movie, um, spoiler alert, we're gonna spoil it for you. But it's been out for like a month and a half now. So um, Wolverine had a quick little cameo in it. I liked that. Yeah. Um, from yep. the comic books, they they kept pretty true to the comics with the, the helmet that he had on. Oh, I didn't know that. And all that, that, that was when he was yeah, in. Yeah, it looked, looked fantastic. It looked, it looked really good. Um, so as far as that goes, they, they, did, uh, they paid a little homage to the comics and, and the cartoon about him having that helmet on and, and all the wires and stuff connected to it. Um, I did have a problem with that scene, though, with the quote-unquote sexual tension, if there was even supposed to be there, some. There was definitely <laughs> something. Sophie yes. Turner being a 16-year-old Jean Grey and uh, you know, old Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, 
that that kind of bugged I, me. I noticed it as well. That kind of bugged me. I mean, I get what they were trying to do, but again, these are supposed to be new newer mutants to the Xavier School. They're kids. That bugged you though? That well, I mean, you want to talk about you know how young are these kids? Well, you know. Well, in the comic books, Jean Grey comes to the school when she's 14, 15 years old, so Yikes. she's supposed to be like sixteen at this point in time. <laughs> Um, and that's, that's another thing. The ages of the characters kind of got me because if all of this is canon, and this is just me spitballing now because here's some other things that I had a problem with. All in all, I thought it was a great movie. I, I didn't think it was as good as uh, Days of Future Past, but I think it was, I think it was up there. Um, a couple things that bug me, and I try not to let like certain... I'm not the typical comic book geek that's like, oh, it's like this in the comic and this in the comic, and it needs to be yeah. true to life. And to hear, I, you know, if you want to take liberties with certain characters, I'm okay with that as long as it makes sense to the story. I have no problem with Havoc being the older brother to uh, Scott to Cyclops, um, Alex Summers being the older brother when in the comic books he's the younger brother. Oh. But what I do have a problem with is that Havoc is like a 15, 16 year old kid in First Class, which takes place in 1962. And now he's still the older brother of Cyclops in X-Men Apocalypse, which takes place in 1983. So 21 years have gone by. And I think I said to you, Havoc looks great for being a 37-year-old. Yeah, aged beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> but I, again, I think, you know, and I think that's where they kind of shot themselves in the foot by trying to have it each movie take place like 10 years later. It's, it's tough, though, man. It's tough yeah. to follow all that. Like, I think I, it even gets tough for the writers. Yeah, absolutely. So many characters. Well, I, I kind of can look past stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I get a little annoyed with other other stuff. Like they pressed the reset button with Days of Future Past, and for some reason, shit still happened. You know what I mean? How <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that really kind of uh, not bugged me, but just kinda, I wish they would have explained it. Um, did you get? Uh, and I, I kind of told KB about it, but Joe, did you get that in the opening couple of scenes with Apocalypse and him switching bodies and, yep. and whatnot? <laughs> did you realize that was all alien technology? Oh really? Yeah. No. That's what it's supposed yeah. to be. It, it, he, There's no I, explanation. They, I thought it was yeah. just some kind of ancient, whatever. Well, spell they could have. <laughs> I mean, again, in the comic books, basically, an alien ship crashes and they build a pyramid over it, <sighs> and that's how he becomes like this, uh, you know, huge, like lifelong, immortal type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just it's crazy to me that, like, they just show it going up and the sunlight hits it and. And Moira Mattaggart, actually, she's the one that created this whole thing by trying to figure out what's going on. She left the sun, the the carpet off and, and moved the thing, and that's what caused the sunlight to, to bring Apocalypse <laughs> to fruition. So if we're going to blame anybody, it's Moira's Moira. fault. Um, by the way, she was a doctor and an FBI agent. Right, yeah. right. And again, it's been it's been 21 years since we saw her from first class. Yep. So she's if she was like in her early 20s, she's like in her early 40s now. She looks early great. To mid she looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I thought it was really cool. I love how they tried to humanize uh magneto i yeah. loved i loved that you know he tried to get the family trying right? to have a family and you know he's trying to live a simple life and you know basically apocalypse used the pain like the way they handled that i thought was really good mm -hmm. um it, all in all like visually it was a great movie it was pretty cohesive uh i liked introducing that new class of mutant cyclops gene gray yep um nightcrawler Jubilee. really really cool what is it? Jubilee. Jubilee had a cameo in it as well. She didn't use her powers, right? No, no. no. But um, no, it was really, really cool. Uh, so I, I liked all of that. Uh, what, what did we think about Storm? I liked it. Uh, so it was a little bit different. So again, if she we're, was a little punkish, yeah. But if, that's kind of how she was in the beginning. In the, yeah. Well, in it's, the comic books, and, and and that's why I thought it was cool. Another homage in the. I want to say it's. 
I might be mistaken, but either in the early to mid 80s, they redesigned her character where she had long white hair. She cut it off into a mohawk. And that's how she was for a couple years. That was her design, all leather with the mohawk. So because this movie was taking place in the 80s, I think they tried to do that, again, based on the look of the character in that time in the comics. She looked good. Uh, She she wasn't lining up uh, uh, with Halle Berry's character. No, no. Because Halle, in the first X-Men movie, she had kind of an accent. And And then the next one, she spoke beautifully, like her English was perfect, no accent. Oh, so maybe maybe that is true because maybe yeah. she had a heavy accent in the movie. Maybe it's just one of those things that gradually goes away from <laughs> yeah. X Men One to X Men Two. Yeah, maybe. Um, but no, I really liked. Um, again, they they changed the plot around a little bit. So, and the other thing that I I really couldn't stand, but I I understand why they do it, and, and not that I couldn't understand it, but I didn't like it per se, was the focus on Jennifer Lawrence. I, yeah. I like Jennifer Lawrence, but it's Mystique to me was never a. Like they're trying to make Mystique into the new Wolverine because obviously Hugh Jackman. Only because it's yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, right? If right. it was any other actress, right? It would yeah. be because she she did else. she did first class when before her star power went up, and then she did Silver Linings Playbook, The yep. Hunger Games, and all that exactly. stuff, and she blew up. She and, needs to be a top build, right? And yeah. I get yep. I get that, but Mystique is not a character that I'd be like, oh, this is the face of the X Men. But again, that's who know, could they have centered that around? Would you like I preferred it to be? I mean, Jean was already a. Focal a student, point. yeah, Gene, Gene, Gene's good. Um, and Cyclops just isn't a focal point yet. Yeah, yeah Cyclops, so Cyclops is the leader. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. when you think X Men, really, like you think Cyclops, you think Wolverine, you think Professor Xavier, maybe now currently, maybe Rogue yep. or Storm, or you know something along Beast or something yeah. along those lines. But as far as star power goes, Jennifer Lawrence being the headliner. I think makes the most sense to bring the casual viewers in. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what I think they're going for. And I didn't necessarily have a huge problem with that. It just, I, it kind of bugged me, but at the same time they used her storyline from days of the future past where she saved the president. Now she's kind of like a mutant pariah. So all the mutants are like, see her as a hero. Okay. We can coexist with humans and whatnot. So again, spoiler alert, storm is one of apocalypse horsemen yep. toward the end. When it looks like Apocalypse is going to kill Raven, Storm, being a fan of Raven, of Mystique, because of her heroism, decides to save her and turn against Apocalypse, which I think, again, that, that was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, and let's let's talk about that real quick. Uh, favorite parts of the movie. Uh, Joe, we'll start with you, because I think you and I are going to have this. I loved Quicksilver's yeah. part. Yeah. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. And you kind of didn't see it coming. It was everything just kind of stopped, and it was just like I'm going to save every person except one. We won't. I mean, yeah. we, no, you can spoil it. Go ahead. It was havoc because he yeah, was closest Alex, to Alex the, Summers. Supposedly, we haven't. We never saw him die. We never saw the body. So there's always. Yep. He uh, he busted up Cerebro, right? To yeah. basically stop that connection. Yep. So basically, what happened was a, with uh, Xavier using Cerebro located Apocalypse. Apocalypse then took over kind of Xavier's mind type of thing and started using Cerebro to like locate and, and do some stuff. So Xavier said, you need to destroy this and Havoc went crazy and, and destroyed the uh, Cerebro and, and the room that Cerebro was in. Yep. Um, I like what they've done with Quicksilver in the last movie oh, and yeah. this movie. Like it, it, the, the, just the scenes that they do with him and the slow motion thing is so entertaining. Oh yeah. It, you know, the actor helps it, too. I think he's yeah, great. Yeah. And it, it's something that those first X-Men movies were missing that extra little oomph. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's not a whole lot of humor in the first yep. few X-Men movies. I mean, there's some. Um, I like the one off the top of my head is when X-Men 1 where 
uh, Wolverine and Mystique takes uh, takes the form, I believe, of Wolverine or Cyclops. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and he goes, "How do I know it's you?" He's like, "You're a dick." Yeah. So I was like, "All right, <laughs> that that was pretty funny out of out of you know left field." But yeah, just the the humor in these movies now. I think because a lot of movies, and we talked about this with the uh, Batman versus Superman. You don't have to always be so dark. It doesn't have to always be so depressing to be this like epic, like showdown, good versus evil type of thing. Most audiences don't like dark. Right. They kind of like a happy ending, or save the world. Even if it is dark, to have those moments of humor in there just to kind of like lighten up the audience from time to time. Yeah. And I think that I think that was good. The mansion's exploding mm-hmm. and Quicksilver just, you know, everything slows down. I can't remember the song that he was playing yeah. uh, when he had his headphones in, but uh Kind of like, you know, Days of the Future Past when it was playing Time in a Bottle. There was another song that just fit perfectly, and I just can't remember it off yeah. the top of my head. They, they always do that so well. Yeah. Like, whoever thought to slow everything down. Brilliant. And all the little comedy pieces. In yeah. It, it's, yeah <laughs> it's brilliant. No, it's 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 really good. But yeah, yeah ha- my favorite bar ha- had to be Quicksilver. Yeah, that, um, that's what I think, too. Uh, that was my favorite scene. Yep. Um, I kind of liked... Um, how they handled Cyclops a little bit because in the comic books and not that I, like I said, doesn't have to compare to the comics, you know, exactly. But in the comic books, he needs to wear those special glasses because he cannot keep, he cannot control his, his optic blast. And that was from an injury he, he sustained when him and his brother, Alex, uh, they were on a flight to Alaska with the, his father was a pilot and the plane malfunctioned and was going down and they only had one parachute left and they gave it to Scott and he had to hold his little brother. And when he landed, he like as he was falling, he hit either a branch or I forgot what it was on the way down through like the forest. And it gave him some type of uh, concussion or whatnot. And doing that because his, his powers were formed because of that knock on the head, he couldn't control his optic blasts. Hmm, so now it's, it's, they, they didn't allude directly to that. But the fact that he needs to keep his eyes closed and they need to make those special ruby quartz <laughs> yep. glasses for Maybe him. Because he would have been saving his big brother. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's a thing entirely. But I think I like that. I loved the Phoenix uh, stuff that they. Yes, they I was going to say that's my number two. Um, I love Sophie Turner. I think Sophie Turner is beautiful. Love her in Game of Thrones. I think she's she did great as Jean Grey. That was the other big character. Like this was a Magneto story. It was a Xavier story. It was a Jean. Raven story. And Jean Grey was like the fourth most. Yeah important uh, storyline for those characters. It was nice to get that glimpse of the Phoenix. Just a glimpse. Just enough to whet the appetite and didn't go overboard. I didn't think they were going to bring that in. No, I was kind of surprised. kind of butchered it before I thought it was over. Well, I'm curious to see where they go from here now because, you know, this is the third movie. Does he want to keep it a trilogy? Does he want to do more? Because if he does and, you know, Cyclops and Jean Grey and Nightcrawler and Storm are the main students coming back... Now, you know, from what we've seen with First Class, we can't use some of those mutants. Um, Days of Future Past, we don't have to worry about the future anymore. We don't have to worry about the past movies. We could theoretically bring in a young rogue now or a gambit or... That'd be nice. Um, you know, they, they, they touched upon it a little bit in the movie. Uh, Warren Worthington is Archangel. He was like one of my favorite characters. I think they kind of still gave him the shaft a little bit in that movie. They didn't give yeah. him too much yeah. background. He wasn't very important. But... You know, again, you, with a huge cast like that, with all these different characters, it's kind of tough. And Beast was the same thing. Like, Beast didn't get much to do either. Um, but all in all, I mean, with Beast, Raven, Cyclops, Gene, Nightcrawler, Storm, maybe a couple others. Yeah. I, For me, in, in that movie, the, the fight scene, just that last sequence of fight scenes, you know, in, in the end, 
you know, with, with Beast fighting, uh, was it Psylocke? And, Psylocke. And, and yeah, like yeah. I thought that was a great battle. That was a, good one. That was a really good battle. Um, and just the whole, it, it was like, it was all these one-on-one situations going yep. all over the place. And you're tuning into one, then you're tuning into another, then you're tuning into another. It kind of reminded me of the Marvel Civil War yep. one where it's like, oh, each one is its own little, yeah, its own little story, little and it keeps it interesting, mm-hmm. keeps it going. You're not just watching the same battle. Yep. You're like, oh, what's going on in the other battle? And then it shifts over. You yep. know, so it's nice when they do it like that. So there that was, was one of my favorite things. There was a scene where I feel like was it, was Cyclops shooting at Apocalypse, and then who like at the very end where they're like trying to kill Apocalypse, Cyclops was shooting right. Yep. Yep. And then who else? Magneto. I think St- Storm helped too. Storm. Right? Well, yeah, because what happened was so again, spoiler alert. This whole battle breaks out with the Horsemen, which is Psylocke, Magneto, um, Storm. Storm, and who's the Angel. Archangel? Archangel. Yep. And Apocalypse, and then it's the X Men, which is Moira Mattaggart along with the X Men, Beast, Xavier, uh, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anybody. And Quicksilver, um, and they're all fighting Apocalypse and, and the Horsemen. And there comes a scene where Psylocke gets knocked out. And then the next time you see her, uh, Apocalypse, I believe he's captured Quicksilver. Yep. And he, he captured Quicksilver and Psylocke walks out with her blade. And he says, you know, finish him or, or kill kill him off or whatever. And she raises the blade and then she slices his throat. He grabs Psylocke by the throat and lifts her up. And that was Mystique as Psylocke, ah, yep. which then... Storm um, sees that, seeing, saying, okay, this is my hero that you know I look up to, and now Apocalypse is strangling her. So that gives her... Like, initiative. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The initiative, the wherewithal to say, okay, well, maybe Apocalypse doesn't have the right path. And then Magneto, you know, they tug at his heartstrings, so he turns against Apocalypse too. So at the end, the only, one, the only two that are really loyal to Apocalypse as far as the horsemen are Archangel and Psylocke. Uh, Archangel gets knocked out, and Psylocke kind of takes off. And, you know, for the limited screen time that she had, uh, Olivia Munn did a great yeah. job as Psylocke. Yeah. I really, really liked good. it. I was, I was a little uh, concerned when I heard that casting, but I think that was good. There were a couple other um, hidden gems. Uh, when Apocalypse was looking for mutants, he went to Caliban. I don't know if he was underneath where Psylocke was kind of like the bodyguard of Caliban. Yep. Caliban is a mutant Morlock. Uh, Morlocks live under the streets of New York in the sewer because they're grotesque mutants that they can't even pass as normal humans. And he has the ability to track any mutants. And he always talks in the third person. In the comic books, he has more of a childlike mentality. So it's almost like, you know, he's like a five-year-old kid all the time. But they kind of took some liberties with him in this movie. But it was really cool to see like a a cameo like of another mutant that comic fans would get. And, And, you know, would still be useful and move the story along a little bit, but it was just kind of a nice nod to those fans in the comic book uh, realm as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all in all, I liked the movie. I don't think it was as great uh, as Days of Future Past just because I think that was a pretty damn good movie. That was very well made, considering yeah. they had to connect, like, two right. different franchises in a, in a sense. I mean, right, I and, and, same, and very, very loosely. But, yeah, just to go back to that continuity issue, moving forward, hopefully they can keep it all intact. Um, the only thing that really bugs me is the time the time jumps. If it's going to be if the next one's going to be 1993 and still, they're still going to look exactly the same 10 years later, I kind of have right. an issue with it. And that it. was one of the things remember I was saying about Magneto probably should be a little bit older. Well, yeah, Not much. So, I mean, so, yeah, you buy with it, but you're going 1940 something to 1980. Yeah, if he if he's yeah. if he's 10 he years old in 1940 in his 50s, he'd so be in his like 50s at yeah. this point, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, and I know you don't have a huge problem with that, Joe. I mean, that that was like the biggest issue i had with it actually um but yeah there are there are so many like 
issues even with previous movies, um, like we talked about with White Queen, with Psylocke, with uh, Bolivar Trask, with all those things. Like they can't keep their story straight. So again, uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, we definitely know was wiped out because it was Cyclops and Jean Grey in yeah. X Men Apocalypse that freed Wolverine. When that's not what happened in X Men Origins Wolverine, Wolverine ended up freeing Cyclops and the White Queen from the camp. Yep. So yeah, the opposite happened. Right. So. <laughs> And then Xavier met Wolverine, you know, in, in the Blackbird and the Jet was uh, Patrick Stewart Xavier um, yeah. that met Wolverine in Wolverine Origins. So it didn't quite <laughs> happen like that. In wanna, this one, wanna, want a little trivia piece? Go for it. So in the teaser trailer for this for this movie for uh, Apocalypse, yep. um, the wheelchair that was in the trailer was actually the same wheelchair used by Patrick Stewart in the first movie. There you go. Wow, really? Yeah, I that's did not it. know that. That's Hollywood it. held on to that thing for like 16 years. They just dust, <laughs> dusted it off. That's a KB fun fact. <laughs> yeah. um, I really want to touch upon one other thing, kind of leaving X-Men Apocalypse behind, because Joe, you and I talked about this a little bit. Yeah. The next Wolverine movie. I can't wait. I've li- so, I've liked all, not everyone would agree with me, obviously, but I've liked all Wolverine movies. The Wolverine, Wolverine Origins, and am I missing? Well, this is the one that's, the new one that's going to be. This is going to be the third old man. Old, and supposedly this is going to be Hugh Jackman's last yeah. run as Wolverine. I would hope so. Um, there are rumors, and I don't know if they've been confirmed yet, that they're going to be doing an old man Logan storyline, which, Joe, you actually showed me the picture of, it, of Hugh Jackman with like more of a whitish, He's grayish very hair. aged. Have yeah. you seen it? Not, not yet. It's really, really cool. And he's sitting there with Patrick Stewart, who's got a full white beard. <laughs> he's rolling right? him in, yeah. in his wheelchair, but he looks much older than yeah. Patrick Stewart and with it, makeup on. Yeah, so it's going to be it's <laughs> gonna be kind of cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking to see what they do. Um, it's funny because they, uh, and I think I told you this, Joe, they say that Hugh Jackman is playing uh, Wolverine as Benjamin Button syndrome, reverse Benjamin <laughs> Button syndrome, yeah. because you look at how young he is in the X-Men, that the first X-Men movie, which is in the 2000s, and then, you know, X-Men 2, X-Men 3, he's getting a little bit older. And then, then when they do these callbacks to, you know, Days of Future Past when it's in the 70s, but he's 10 years older in, in real time. But at the same time, his physique improves. Exactly, exactly. So the face Somehow. the face gets older, there's more wrinkles there, but the body gets tighter. Yeah, it's crazy how over time he got more ripped and more ripped. Yep. Yeah, So, but again, you know, typically Wolverine's character isn't what Hugh Jackman is uh in the comics wolverine's about five foot two he's yeah. like a short dude and he's he's very you know very short and, and animal like but you know hugh jackman's like this taller muscular dude and but at the same time i can't think of a better actor that could have done what he did with the character no, he's been casted so well amazing oh, amazing yeah. as far as the um i just want to talk about the wolverine real quick yeah go for it uh, it kind of um i totally lost my train of thought it bothered me that they that he didn't have his powers for most of the movie. Like the the whole point of watching Wolverine is to have him have his claws out and to heal when someone stabs him. For most of the movie, he was he had that uh, virus thing or whatever mm-hmm. inside of him. He had that parasite eating at his heart, so he couldn't heal properly. But I would have much rather seen him with his powers in that movie. I, I agree. It, it made it better. Like you know that he figured out what the issue was, and but the, and that's the, that's the thing that a lot of the more, for lack of a better term, popular heroes have. The same thing with Superman. How do you, other than Kryptonite, how do you take down Superman? So you have yeah. to find a way to negate 
what makes them so badass or so powerful. For Wolverine, it's his healing factor. So basically, you have to find a way to negate that because then it's like, well, it doesn't matter what we put Wolverine through; he's going to heal from it anyway. Yep. And that's that's kind. I understand why they did it, but I agree with you. Like that's kind of like the fun of Wolverine is just to see, like not not that it has to be it made super, the movie better, right? But it, not that it has to be super gruesome. Which, by the way, this new Wolverine is supposed to be rated R. Ooh. So I didn't know that. So it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a lot more gruesome, a lot more bloody. Weren't there rumors that Deadpool might? And that would be amazing. That would be be amazing. I would love to see uh, Deadpool be integrated in the. uh, How old would he be? You know. Yeah, Deadpool. Well, Deadpool ages normally, so I'm okay with that. But um, you know, his healing factor might slow his aging down too, and that's the thing about Wolverine. That's the fun thing about Wolverine is with his healing factor. They even mention it in the first X Men movie with. uh, I can't think of the actress that plays Jean Grey in that movie. Um, Famke Jansen? Yeah. See, Joe knows. Joe knows. But she basically says, you know, it, with his healing factor, it makes his age almost impossible to tell. Yeah. So because of his healing factor, it slows his aging down. He could be 250 years old but still have, you know, the physique of a 50 or a 60-year-old and he'd be like 200 years old. So that's why I think it's cool. I'm curious to see old man Logan, like how old he's really going to be at this point with Xavier. I think that'd be kind of He looked cool in the pictures. Cool. Like he obviously looked like an older man, but he still looked like he could kick some ass. Yeah. and, and Despite his that, old well, features. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be like, so imagine, imagine that. That would probably be a better way to do it. Maybe his healing factor doesn't work as well as it used to because he's getting up there in years. And then you put him through the ringer, you put him through the shit, and then you see how well is his healing factor going to take care of him. That's a little bit better than saying, I have no healing factor. I have no healing at all. What happens in the old man Logan comics? Like, what does he do? So they they won't be able to to bring this because of the the deal with Marvel. But essentially what happens is um, one of the Spider-Man villains, uh, Mysterio, drives Wolverine crazy. And he thinks he's fighting all these supervillains where he's actually killing all of his teammates in the X-Men. So he ends up murdering all of them. And basically he he's so like traumatized by the experience. He kind of like just takes off and, you know, decides to like isolate himself and he ends up eventually kind of like what Magneto had in mm-hmm. X-Men Apocalypse. He has a little family and he's living. And then in that time, uh, all the villains unite together and they each separate the country into different regions and they're all running. They basically wipe out all the heroes. So basically Wolverine um, is in a territory that's run by the Hulk and all of his Hulk kids, which I think I talked to you about. He basically ends up having children with his first cousin, She-Hulk. So they're all like inbred. All these things will never happen in a movie. <laughs> never happen in a movie. <laughs> However, what do you think Old Man Logan will be about? Oh, the actual... Yeah. I, I think it'll be... I think it's going to be Wolverine kind of passing the torch almost. I, I'm curious to see like if it's going to be some type of villain. I don't know if uh, they're going to bring um, Leif Schreiber back to be Sabretooth. That, that be, I, I think that'd be I, awesome. I didn't mind him. Um, there's also a, a, a villain called... I believe it's called... His name is Cypher, uh, who basically has adamantium... He's like the only man, I can't remember because I never read stories with him, but he's like the only man that Wolverine's actually afraid of and that can actually defeat Wolverine. Um, I would love to see them do like, even if they want to do something maybe with Alpha Flight and they make it more in Canada, Canadian Wilderness, and they do like Wendigo and you have this like big like Sasquatch type of creature because Sasquatch is part of Alpha Flight, but like just like this, you know, um, big wolf-like creature that he has to fight. I don't know if they'll go that route. Yep. The other thing is, um, the rumor is they're going to be having Laura Kinney as a character. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Who is this? Laura Kinney is the new Wolverine. 
So in the comic books, she, she and we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. She's basically a female clone of Wolverine, and instead of having the adamantium claws, she has two claws in each hand wow. and two claws in each foot. Yep. And she's basically created as a female clone of Wolverine, almost like his child, quote unquote. And uh, she, along the way, joins a group called the Runaways and does this all this other stuff. Eventually, meeting up with the X Men years later, and she's like a young fifteen, sixteen year old, year old kid now. And um, she basically Wolverine. Is, dies in the comic books. They they kill him off in the comics, and she takes up the mantle of Wolverine wearing the costume. So, wow. I I wonder now because we talked about having a Captain Marvel movie coming, like if Marvel is going to try to transition their movies with their books, maybe uh, I, because these newer characters now, <coughs> like we said, to get that bigger audience to sell more books, you know, kind of merge these two together so they sell off each other. Yes, mm-hmm. no, but but what Marvel's doing right now with um, the X Men is they're trying to kill off a lot of the X Men. They're like putting less effort they're, they're focusing more on inhumans mm-hmm. and less on the x-men because the inhumans are in the marvel owned agents of shield yeah where the x-men are is still owned by fox or at least the movie rights are i know so. they still got like three or four x-men books out right now so. right but they're, they're yeah. trying to bring the pop not bring the popularity down but they're trying to like put less focus on the x-men because disney does is not getting a cut of the you know yeah. or a big of a cut of those x-men movies that's still owned by fox so if they can get less interest in those movies and that you know kind of turns into less ticket sales and smaller profits then maybe they can work out a deal kind of like sony did with spider-man isn't uh captain america gay now in the comics uh no No, that's uh Uh, iceman ice they made iceman from the x-men okay what was that captain america America. he ended up being revealed as a hydra agent that's what it was uh and i I think (laughs) kb will talk about that on a future episode but there's been some yeah because it's only yeah it's only on the second issue of that so and they they backpedal really fast i don't know if they backpedal but they they like explain so you guys keep up to date with the present day comics Uh, kb does more of the The marvel Marvel side i'm more of the the batman dc side um because i'm a huge dc fan um but yeah, we, we I and I, I skim you know the, the Wikipedia pages yeah. and stuff to find ah, out what's going to go gotcha. on, just to kind of keep abreast of it because they drop all these different like Easter eggs in these movies too, which by the way, just getting in, back into X Men Apocalypse real quick, did not like Stan Lee's cameo at all. Thought it was I like, know it was, that, it was probably the worst. It was kind of a waste. Wasn't what was it? He was like saving someone. No, or? he was there hugging his wife as the the missiles were flying in the air. That's yeah. all it was. It was he was just like, oh, you wanted him to say something. I just want him to do something. Like yeah. uh, I'm looking for a Tony Stank. Yes, right. that would be <laughs> great. Awesome. If they could have reprived that, and he's he's just like the mailman. He's knocking on the door. Tony Stank, and he looks yeah. up, and then there's the rocket flying. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> um, he also was uh, Larry King, I think. Uh, Stark, and uh, I think Iron Man one. Hugh Hefner. He, he was Hugh Hefner in one of the Iron Man. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I knew it was like some yeah, celebrity yeah, yeah. old man. Yeah, no, he it's, had suspenders it's, on. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, again, all those cameos are fun. But uh, we're going to take our final break right now, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to go into the final countdown and rank the top three most misused characters in the X-Men movie franchise. Ooh, fun. But now we're going to be playing a song by Apocalyptica. So eager to please I'm treating you like a temple 
So I just thought it was kind of a cool uh, apocalypse-like song, you know, having his horseman chained to him and whatnot and holding everybody down. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for my favorite segment of the show where we talk and we rank our favorites or most hated. And we call this little segment The Final Countdown. It's the The final countdown, and today's topic is our top three most misused or missed cast characters in the X-Men movies. So this is the X-Men 1 through 3, First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse. I'll even throw Deadpool in there if anybody Mm -hmm. wants to do Deadpool. And then the Wolverine movies. So I'm going to go to my left first with number three. Start with Joe, then move to KB, then move to me. Miscast. Then to one. Yeah. So... Joe, in your opinion, so we're all going to have different criteria of how we want to do this. Who is your number three of of all the mutants that you you've seen, or all the other characters in the X Men movies that you've seen? Some of the ones that you're like, really, they did that with the character, or, or that's supposed to be somebody cool, or anything along those lines. Who would be, if you were to rank, you know, your top three? Like you think they should have done more with them, or why do they use this character? Something oh, I, along those. I lines. hated Gambit in Origins. Okay, so that's your number three is Gambit. I guess, yeah. Okay. So Gambit, and what do you think they did? Did they do anything specifically wrong with him, or you just? Um, I didn't like that actor for that role. Um, I mean, like the stuff he did was cool, but 
you need like if you're introducing Gambit, you need like a bigger name than that guy. And the accent kind of fluctuated throughout yeah. his entire <laughs> performance. So I mean, he yeah. really wasn't. I don't know. I agree. So that's your number three. Yeah, sure. All right, KB. What's your number three? My number three is Colossus. Okay, Colossus, and yeah. which which one? Well, Colossus in the original X Men movies. Okay. I think he was just so just not used at all. And yep. he has like these minor scenes and he, he doesn't really fit the Colossus mold. He's just and he was American, right? And he's American. He yep. wasn't there was just nothing it was it was like, oh, let's just throw him in here. No creativity in designing him whatsoever in those in those movies. Yeah. Now the Deadpool version, I love that version. That version has got the accent, yep. it's got the humor, he's he looks like a freaking tank. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Versus the other ones where he just had these um Small, uh, small parts. You know, it was what was it? Uh, was it the second one where they? Uh, well, that's what I was say. There was three different actors that yeah. played Colossus. In the but first I'm just direction. saying, but you don't see him that much. In the so first it's, one, yeah. it's just a quick cameo where yep. he's just doing a drawing, and that's supposed yep. to be you know him. That's fine. The second one, he when the striker comes to the school, yep. he gets the rest of the just students out. out. Yep. Uh, the third one, I don't even know what he does in the last stand. He, he was in the he was in the final battle. Was he? He's I, one of threw Wolverine in the oh yeah uh, the fastball special fastball special and yep. yep yep so he was in there. But like I said, it's just so misused. You can do so much more with him. Right. So that's how I kind of feel about him. But yeah, I hope I would hope now going forward, right? Because he he gets killed in uh, Future's Past. Yeah, so they can they so can, recast they can do him whatever again. they want with him, yep. and I hope they do something more closer to the Deadpool version. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So that's my number three. So you like the Deadpool version. I like the Deadpool version. That's funny yeah. because my controversial number three is Deadpool. Really? Yeah. The okay. one from X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> I'm not talking about <laughs> Wade Wilson. I'm not talking to, talking about the opening character that is on the elevator. That was perfect. That was perfect. a perfect Wade Wilson. What I hated was the character that they created at the end, which was the Deadpool, and I'm using air quotes there, of all these different <laughs> mutant powers together. I hated that. Um, and and to me, I know Joe. You mentioned you you like Wolverine Origins. Yep, I do. They they have tons of bad characters in that movie. I'm oh, sorry. absolutely. I, I agree with Blob. It. Yep. Uh, Kestrel. Blob played looked by good. Will though. I am? He looked good, but they did nothing <laughs> with him. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't Wade. Like I said, wasn't Wade Wilson that I hated. Uh, it was only it was only the uh, the final result of Deadpool. So that's my number three. Deadpool from X Men Origins Wolverine. Gotcha. Joe, what do you have? Do you have anybody for number two? Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say Avengers count? Uh, you, well, no. But if you want to break the rule, you're the guest. You can do whatever hey, you I want. I broke the rule big time the yeah. other week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was only going to go from the X Men movies, but if you if you want to, if you something wanna... shot out at me and it was Quicksilver and Avengers, because I th- okay, that counts though. I'll count yeah, that. That's, yeah. a, that's a mutant. Also, that's a mutant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hated that. I like that kid is good in certain roles, but. I was comparing it to the X-Men Quicksilver, and it was a total disappointment. I would have still been, been disappointed if the X-Men Quicksilver wasn't there. Right. And no, I think, I think the, the problem with that was they handcuffed uh, Marvel with what they could do because X-Men, uh, Fox owns the X-Men, so they can't use the term mutant. Yeah. They can't use any of that stuff because it's owned by Fox, and they have the rights to it, so then Fox could sue Disney. So they had to just say, oh, he was created from Loki's staff, and he it, runs fast. Enhanced. Yeah. Yeah, which I agree. I agree. So that's I was not a fan of him. But he again, his only purpose to me was to die to show Hawkeye some type of. Life. Yeah. And um, I didn't like that whole blue crap behind him when he ran. Yep. It's like that's weird. Well, and that's the thing. It's I think I think um, what came first was it X-Men Days of Future Past and then the Avengers came out. Or was it vice versa? I can't. I remember. think it was Days of Future yeah. Past. I, I think it was because because they set the bar for with that scene. Yeah. You know, time in a bottle where he's running through the, I think it was the Pentagon to rescue Magneto. And that was like amazing. Yep. And then 
like and you can't help but compare because it's the same character in the Avengers versus you know what we saw and it's like oh it was so much uh, so much better done in the and I don't even know if that makes a coherent sentence but it was so, it was done in <laughs> such a better manner in the X-Men movies than it was in the Avengers movies so I absolutely agree with you. Yep. So that's your number 2 Quicksilver? Sure. KB. My number 2 and I, I think a lot of people have probably forgotten about him and he he's kind of I, I've always looked at him as an important character. Character Juggernaut. Okay, we we Joe and I talked you, about you this. mentioned yeah. this. Yeah. Like okay. like I just for Yesterday. me it's just like the, we seen him once right in the second movie, the second X Men movie, yeah. X Men two, and just he's always he's always been like Magneto's kind of right hand man, right? And like why have they done nothing else with him at all? Yeah. Um. So I think that kind of bums me out because like you could do so much more with him. Yeah. He was a big character in the cartoons. The cartoons. Yeah. yeah. And um, I I would love to see like. My my favorite version of Colossus go up against Juggernaut. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, like that Deadpool version That'd of cool. Colossus mm-hmm. going up against Juggernaut. So I just feel like that's a character that's just kind of completely just gone to waste. So so yeah. it's not necessarily that you had a problem no. with his characterization. No. You had you want more. of I him. I want more of him. It, it's it's a, it's just he's he's been an important enough character in the X Men universe over the years. Why is he just going to waste? I agree. Yep. So that's how I feel that's about a good that one. one. Yeah. But uh, Juno calls him dickhead and that movie <laughs> yeah that's right yeah i remember that bitch. <laughs> and he totally stole that from that viral uh, whatever it was. yeah 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 so that's cool yeah, jb's number, number two my number two I, don't, I think nobody has this on their list from x-men first class darwin do you remember darwin yep he was the cab driver oh god yeah <laughs> i like his powers but well, that's my problem with him his powers is he he has the power of Reactive evolution, i.e., his body automatically adapts to any situation or environment he is placed <laughs> not, in, not allowing that him to survive possibly and <laughs> survive possibly anything. The exact nature and limits of his powers have not been revealed, and he was the first X Men to be killed off. Would they stuff a bomb down his throat? <laughs> it's just a little indigestion yeah. for him, I would. But think. you know, somebody with the powers to like survive based on whatever is happening to him, and he dies—that's a shitty new <laughs> power. So can't adapt to everything. That's why he's number two on my list. So, Joe, how about you? Who's your number one? Uh, something jumped out at me a little while ago uh the original saber tooth from x-men one that guy just looked like a, a giant squirrel to me he, just, <laughs> he had like a it looked like he had a mink coat it, on it, and it, an 80s hairband rocker on steroids <laughs> and all he all he would do was growl and shit i don't even think he spoke english i i, I he, he had no he had no no <laughs> dialogue I, at all I, I did like i did like what was it him and toad kind of didn't really get along <laughs> yeah whatever. Well, and and they and they tried to tie it to the Lee Schreiber version with the <laughs> the, the dog tags, because what happened was he really? sl- remember when there was a scene where Sabretooth failed at something and Magneto said something while he was walking by and he slammed his hand down and he dropped the dog tags oh, on the table. And was, I didn't. Yeah, so they they tried to tie that being him him and Wolverine gotcha. being brothers, and they so even though they recast that that role yeah. and I went to leave Schreiber they tried to tie the two together with the dog tags that dude but that, no that that was hor- a horrible Sabretooth and again talk about important characters like the Juggernaut Sabretooth is another one you think of Wolverine yeah that's yeah. Sabretooth and that was the rendition of Sabretooth that we got I, I they I did Sabretooth twice and I mean the first one was god awful leave Schreiber Shri- uh, was it Schreiber Shri- yeah. was a great actor but the movie didn't yeah, do well, the movie so wasn't like, great, but like he put a lot into the role, and that was it was cool. It was cool for what it was, and, and I appreciated his rendition of the character. So that's that's Joe's number one. Yep. KB, what's so your number one? My number one. You know how I like to cheat. <laughs> Here we go. Here it comes. <laughs> so uh, uh, no, um, it, it 
it's basically two characters, and it's because of the way the story kind of plays out and kind of what they are in the comic universe. So the, the the character first being Rogue in the first movies. Okay. It's just not, you know, my picture of Rogue, that is not my picture of Rogue. Yeah, she's totally redesigned. Yeah. yeah, and she's and she's you know, she's built that way for the plot of the movie, which I know Jay Free doesn't mind when they do that so much. Um, but for me, like Rogue by doing that to Rogue you really screw with a lot of storylines within the X-Men universe. Because if you think about the, the relationship with her and Gambit, right? So that kind of, what do you do with that, with her being with, you know, Iceman and whatever? Yeah, right. So that kind of doesn't do its thing. Um, and then that also kind of impacts, I mean, if you've read the comics enough, that kind of impacts the also the relationship with her being so young and Wolverine being the person who looks out for her. Well, in the comic books, Wolverine, my second character, how I'm cheating a little bit, is Jubilee. Yep. So Wolverine has always been the person that's kind of watched out for Jubilee. And that, that you see what I'm saying? They just took that whole dynamic. They, they, they basically replaced Jubilee with Rogue. Rogue yep. To make and the story work. And to be fair, in the comic books, he first started off taking care of Kitty Pride. Yep. And went from Kitty Pride, then Jubilee. And but so, they didn't even put Kitty Pride in the movie. So right. I'm not well, thinking she that had way, a cameo where she comes in the class yeah. and she runs through the wall. Yeah. And then they put Ellen Page in the later movies, which was cool. But as yeah. far as for the purpose of those movies, it was like, you know, you, by putting Rogue in that position, there's a, you know, a trickle down effect. So I think, Rogue, to all Rogue and who's the second number one? Uh, well, Jubilee together, because now Jubilee's story, all of her story, everything that happens with her is kind of totally just thrown out the window. Unless, right. And yeah. they're, you know they're, I mean? they're so. trying. They did something different with Apocalypse. Yep. They didn't show her use her powers. No. I would have liked to have seen that. Maybe they'll expand her role. Not that her powers are all that awesome. She shoots fireworks from her hands. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's yeah. pretty Visu- cool. It's kinda. visually cool. Yeah. Um, there's also, and I, I told KB this uh, before we move on because I want I just thought of something else. There's another cameo, and that, it's probably going to be a deleted scene. Remember the scene where Cyclops, Nightcrawler, and Jean Grey say they go into the mall? Yep. Okay, so there's a scene yep. where the like, and, and Nightcrawler's never been to a mall. He's like, I'm going to go to the mall. I don't know what it is. There's a character from the 80s comic books and even in the early 90s called Dazzler. And she basically, what she does is her power, she can transform sound into light. So basically she's a singer. She's got a really, she's like a pop star. And as she's singing, she can like turn her hand into lasers and shoot like lasers and stuff and lights and all kinds of stuff. While they're in a record store in the mall, they pick up, oh, look, this Dazzler album. And it's going to be Taylor Swift on the cover of the album so she's gonna oh, have wow. a cameo in one of the movies as or, or a scene as dazzler in x-men apocalypse where she's like the, a mutant singer so i thought i thought it was kind of cool but i just i just thought i'm that glad it wasn't in the final jubilee. version yeah that would be horrible <laughs> but uh anything else you want to add with jubilee and rogue no no just uh you know those like i say rogue you know i always just picture that flying rogue that can pick up cars yes. and the accent and like that's it, the one all they the, did the was really big eyes no not even that <laughs> not even that not even that. Just, yeah. you know, the, the character that I know just really isn't there. So They just squished Jubilee yep. and Rogue together. Yep, basically. But to be fair, to be fair. Who they, says I'm fair? Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. The, the one that can pick up cars, that's after she stole her powers from Miss Marvel. Yeah, true. True. Oh, so wow. in, the, in the original comic book, all she yeah. has is the ability to take the powers. Yeah. What happens is Mystique uh, tricks her into holding on to, the, to Carol Danvers too yeah. long, and she steals uh, Miss Marvel's flight and super strength yeah. permanently. And then she's got her psyche also... Uh, in her mind, so she's basically got almost like dual personalities at yep. points. So, yeah, I agree though. I would have been cool to see a rogue that could fly and smash shit and throw stuff. Yeah. Um, my number one was already mentioned a little earlier, uh, not within the countdown, but um, Joe mentioned it earlier that I mentioned uh, Psylocke from X Men: The Last Stand. Mm-hmm. I wasn't super impressed with what Olivia Munn did. I think she did a great job. I would have liked to see them do more with her character, um, but again, for the the time frame, they couldn't. But 
for those, I don't know if you remember, she was in The Last Stand. The character of yeah. Psylocke was in The Last Stand. She looked like an emo girl. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. yeah she was in the church when, with Magneto and Pyro and, and all whatever they were talking, and she had purple hair. And there were tons of Last Stand characters I could have picked for this. Uh, Jamie Madrox, the multiple man, was in there too. And he had one quick <laughs> scene, and I was like, yeah. oh, he's not. he's usually a lot funnier than he was in, the, in that scene. But um, Psylocke is one of my personal favorite female characters like yep. in the comic books she, she's been through like the ringer she she's a british girl and then what happened was during one of their adventures she's kidnapped and made unconscious and then her mind is switched and placed into a body of a japanese assassin so now she's this japanese assassin ninja with a british accent and mm. it's it's a whole match up it's 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 crazy what they do and they, they put her character through the ringer and she's just so badass now in the comic books she's like a, an assassin and a killer who was um the chick uh who could sense mutants in their powers i think you remember that yeah i can't remember her name um that i think that that was supposed to be in, in last stand i think that was supposed to be callisto if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. From the Morlocks. Um, that's kind of like Caliban's power from the Morlocks, as we were talking about earlier. And then also Shockwave. Shockwave. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, wasn't a big fan of those. Um, and then, yeah, she just basically, uh, in the last stand, she didn't really use her powers. Her psychic katana, her psychic blade, all she did was leap in and out of the shadows. And then she wasn't even that important because all they did was bring her in to show her that she can jump out of a shadow. And then when Jean Grey goes crazy in the last stand, she's like cannon fodder, just gets erased in like two seconds. <laughs> so it's like this, this you know, really iconic female X-Men character. Because when I think of X-Men females, I think of Storm, Rogue, uh, Jean, Grey. Jean Grey, and Psylocke. Those are like the four badass chicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think they did such a disservice to her. So, so they, so they kind of made up for it then. In yeah, Apocalypse. but again, they didn't, they didn't expand enough on. It. At least I, with the badassness, though, because the fights. Agreed, are, agreed. Yes. She was, she was badass. So, yep. I'll give her that. She was a kick-ass warrior. Well, folks, uh, that just about wraps up another edition of Free Your Geek. Um, Joe, uh, we, we know you're from the Whatever Bro Podcast, where I play your sound guy. So every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, check that out. We're there. You're Clark Kent, and here you're Superman. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, okay. He's well. like Rob. Or do you want to like be uh, Spider-Man here, Peter Parker there? I'll be Peter Parker there. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I think it's better. Hold on, which, fits you a little which better. Which one? Garfield, Tobey yeah, Maguire, uh, or? <laughs> Toby, Toby Maguire on whatever, bro. Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. Here. <laughs> your ven- ah, okay. your Venom here, Topher Grace. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. I don't want to even <laughs> exactly. talk about that. Um, so whatever, bro. Podcast, check it out. They have a Facebook page. Whatever, bro. Films, check them out for all their stuff. KB. Um, you're posting on our for your yeah, geek been podcast. Doing the covers He's of the doing week. comic book covers. It's really really cool. Every week, KB is posting new his favorite comic book covers that are new yeah, for the week. Check it out. I love it. Check us out on Twitter. Free your geek at Twitter. Jfreethegeek.com for the website. Freeyourgeek.podbean.com, which is your, probably where you're listening to this here. And then yeah, just our Facebook page. So check it out. Thanks all for listening uh, and enjoy the weekend with your geek friends. Next week, I'm going to give you a rundown of. Uh, the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. I'm going there uh, this weekend to check that out. So Sweet. I'll give you a rundown of that. And then uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, get your geek on. Nice. Take care. See you. See you.
you're still here. It's over. Go home. <laughs> 